Daniel Rosas messages me and my brother day of and is like, hey, are you going to the cup this afternoon? And I'm like, there's a cup this afternoon? Because I had I had work until like 2.30 that day. So I assumed I wasn't going to be able to go to any cup or whatever on that day. But then it turns out the cup started at 3.30. So I'm like, okay, we, Concord isn't too far. It's like 30, 20, 30 minutes away from us. So I'll, we'll go out. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it is definitely one of the more infamous cups at the moment. It's, it, there were a few, a few hiccups along the way. Most notably, the cup was scheduled to start at 3.30, substantially later than any other cup. It was probably 100 degrees out. They had double booked the venue, so there was also a Yu-Gi-Oh! pre-release going on, which caused there to not be enough tables, and some people had to play outside on a car. I think there was one, they were on one the table short, so they had to play on the car. There were a few people vomiting, nearly passing out due to heat. And I didn't, I got to top four, and I didn't get out until probably 11.30, because one, I mean, cup started late at 3.30, but also, even though the cup was scheduled to start at 3.30, it didn't actually start until like five. And I do not know exactly why. So all, right, all, all in all, it was pretty delayed, slow, but I think the largest problem was frankly just that it started late, which didn't give them much buffer room. <laughs> right. It sounds like all you're missing is best of three. <laughs> it was best of one. And they did make the call, and I, a lot of people were complaining about this on Twitter, to cut round six due to it starting so late. Um, I mean, is that a thing you're allowed I'm to not... do, just drop around? Dude, Kato was 4-0 when they decided to cut round six, and he was like, this works out. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I was not. I would have... I'm confident I would have won the last round anyways, and it was <laughs> but I mean I would have I would have just been like ID round five and then win yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. You're, uh, yeah, you're four. You're chilling. Yeah. So uh, Brent, but, Brent, um, I, I I gotta get your quick opinion, and, and I I feel terrible for anyone that got terribly sick. My heart goes out to them, but in the interest of doing it for the meme, I have to say. Does that sound like soft California to you when they're like 100 degree weather? We were puking. It was so hot. Mind as, you, as okay. a Midwesterner who lives in a heat dome, do you hear that and you say soft? <laughs> it was more like it was more like ninety to ninety-five, which was hot. It was hot. It's not that hot. Yeah, that sounds. <laughs> as somebody that grew up in Texas, that sounds soft. <laughs> in California, and so used to your perfect weather. They're like the second the second it gets outside of like it's not seventy degrees a year round in San Francisco. They're like we're dying, we're dying. We I, have fr- I have friends from Florida that are like that from Pokemon and otherwise that they're consistently just like, bro, it's so cold and it's like sixty degrees, and I'm just like in 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 this basically like a tank top and gym shorts and I'm like I feel great. What are you talking about? I was like I need a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was my first experience of hot weather so far during this sort of like heat wave because because of where I live in the bay like we I the, every time the heat wave comes around we get these gorgeous maps of like California with like all of California baking in like 80 to 100 degree weather and then there's like the little bay area that's just chilling at like 73 and because of just where it's positioned but so this is my first time getting on the wrong side of the tunnel and experiencing the heat because we didn't ha- we didn't have the fog anymore to cool things off so welcome yeah. to trash land attendance is 166 percent mike caden liam Britt, me everybody's here we're all on twitter too Dragon Shield is our sponsor. Dragon Shield is our sponsor. No five-star review updates if you leave a review for our podcast. We will read it on the podcast and discuss it. You could ask fascinating questions, and we would discuss those questions. You know Britt is waiting for you to leave fascinating questions. Bring up people. All right, Caden. So, terrible League Cup. Having said that, you are now... Closer to getting your invite because of an unspecified amount of points at an unspecified target, but uh, so so congratulations. Tell us tell us how you did it. 
Yeah, so like mentioned prior to the intro, I played in the League Cup this Saturday, and I decided to play Baxcalibur, largely because this was my first tournament of the season, and Baxcalibur was the deck I really desperately wanted to play for NAIC, but because I needed day two for my invite, I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it a little safer. But now that there's less on the line, I was like, hell yeah, we're going to play Baxcalibur. So now I played it's, Baxcalibur, now it's Baxcalibur until next NAIC, and you'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And things went pretty well. I, I, I round one, I hit Lawson Box, which was actually a really funky game. I don't think I got a Baxcalibur out until turn three. However, he also had a bit of a slow start. Only start getting one comfy out turn one, whiffing any VIP pass. And the game just went really long, but I was able to, you know, Greninja, Gus KO, or Raikou on one turn and take enough prizes. And he wasn't really able to kill my backs and shut me down. So I won round one. Round two, and, and mind you, one thing I immediately noticed beginning this was my brain was operating at like probably a good 30% due to heat. Like, like it was, it was, my brain was slow. My brain was like very slow. And I made some very questionable plays throughout this tournament. One of which I, in top eight, which I will, or no, top four, which I will distinctly mention because it was. I still won the game, but it was one of the worst plays I've ever made in Pokemon. So round two, I played against my good friend, Connor Peterson, who was running it with Guardi at, for this event. And I think this is the first time I've played against Connor since Mexico City Regionals in top eight of Mexico City Regionals back in 2018, where he beat me to knock me out of my invite. So this time I beat him. He was playing Guardi. He was playing a very turbo version of Guardi with, you know, he had two Zacian, two Seal Stone, which is much scarier for backs because if they get the turn two KO with Zacian on a Chen Pao, it can actually be pretty, pretty spooky for you. However, I was going first and I turned two hit Gus KO on his bench Zacian, which sort of just sealed out the game. Even though I couldn't hit Greninja the turn after to kill his Curlia, to kill any remaining Curlias. At that point, he was kind of too far behind to come back. Round three, I played against Fusion Mew. And as soon as he flipped over the Mew, I realized I have not played this matchup once. I don't know how I've never played this matchup before and never got around to testing the Mew matchup, but I had never played the matchup before. Turns out the matchup is, as I mean, I could theory it out. It's pretty much fine. I It went, I think, how most matches will go, to be honest, where I... He got first KO, and then I just swing, kill VMAX, and then I just KO twice. It's, I don't know, two prizers to three prizers when I can one-shot pretty pretty easily. It's it's not too much of a contest. So I'm 3-0 now. I need, I'm, I'm, and I look at the standings, and because they cut one round and went down to five rounds, I can, I can just IV twice in order to, in order to make it into cut. And there are currently nine three O's and I end up being the one three O who got down paired. So <laughs> I'm down paired. I have to play one more match and it's the mirror match. I'm going second, which is immediately very, very scary. However, turns out he prized two Frigibacks. So he was only able to get one Frigibacks down. And I, so I Gus killed it and on turn two, and then he didn't have enough energy acceleration to win the game. So that was that was round four. I'm four zero, and then I, I I ID round five in order to go into cut. It's like top. We go into top eight. It is like probably nine thirty ten, or it's like nine thirty at this point. So it's already getting pretty pretty late due to the late start time. But luckily things are starting. Temperatures starting to come down, of course. So in top eight, I play against I play against Andy Hewn, who's playing. Arcdura Umbreon, and at this point, of course, we're in best of three, and game one, game one, I kind of just blow him out. I hit turn two KO on his Arceus with energy on it, and he just very quickly scoops up the game. Game two, I have a 
horrid start. I whiff turn two backs, and I, it just becomes very clear that there's nothing I can do to get back into this game. So I, I scoop it up, and like he hit, he hits Gus Kill on two backs in a row. So I, I, it's there's nothing I can do. And then game three, game three kind of goes. It's a little closer. It's a little closer. However, I sort of managed to come out ahead, largely due to going first. The, the first, going first against Arc really, really matters, as it turns out. So, yeah, I going into the event as in terms of my list, I ran one one Bibberal, no back, no Palkia, and no Arceus. I think this is Palkia is not good in this deck. It's really. <laughs> It's really not good in this deck. Star Portal is not a good enough V-Star power to make up for it. Like, I would much rather run Arceus over Palkia. The attack, as an attacker, Palkia is also, like, fine. It's okay. It's not, okay. not better than Star Birth, though. I'm currently considering whether or not 1-1 Bib or 1-1 Arceus is better. I think, I think it's close. The problem with Arceus is it's such a bad starter because it has two retreat costs that you have to find your your switch cart in order to get into a Chen Pao on turn one. And also, I mean, obviously it's a two-prizer. And there are oftentimes in a lot of matchups, you have to limit yourself to having no two prizes on the board on the turn you Greninja so that you can get ahead in the prize trade. And Arceus makes that way harder. So I I think Bibrol's probably better for late game Ionos, but, and just to frankly refill your hand because this, deck tosses cards constantly but i think that rcs is something to be considered and it's definitely not bad so yeah then that was top eight top four i play against lost tina which i think is a good matchup dude he ran path to the peak which was a little no annoying in game three he it delayed me one turn but i really don't think the matchup is too much too much of a problem game one i just full brick game two I make one of the worst plays I've ever made, where I VIP pass, I search through, I, I VIP pass, I search through my deck, and I think I prize a Frigibax. I count, because I, I have Hasui and Heavy Ball in hand. I count twice, double check twice, somehow count two Frigibax two times in a row. So I grab a Chen Pao and a Greninja. Then I play Hasui and Heavy Ball. Look at my prize cards, and there is no Frigibax there. Nice. On the next deck search, I look through again, thinking, did I drop a Frigibax? Like, where's my Frigibax? And there are three Frigibax in my deck. <laughs> so, so somehow I miscounted twice, which meant I didn't get a Frigibax down turn one, which it didn't end up mattering because he was pretty hard bricked. He, ended up, he had to bench three Tina V on turn two. And so I was just able to very quickly clean up the game. And then game three, he had he delays me one turn with Path. And then turn two, he has he hits raw boss KO Mirage Gate with Tina in order to kill my bench backs. Which I I yeah, there's not much I can do into raw boss on turn two, but it's just a little unlucky. It is what it is. But top four, not too bad for my first event, and I'm glad I got to give backs a good run so yeah nice so was this the same list that we were messing around with before NEIC and the one that Cameron played yeah this is it's the same list that Cameron played for NEIC except minus one pokey stop plus one vacuum because I was a, I was a little worried about path and the the vacuum actually ended up being really important both against the lost Tina in order to bounce the path, and also against Andy's Arc Dura in order to get rid of a Panic Mask. Because if the Arceus chips your Chen Pao for 180, you got to lost vacuum in the Panic Mask in order to hit it back. Yeah. So yeah, the lost vacuum ended up being quite good, although I do still, I wish you could have four Pokestop, but yeah. And the one other thing that my list, that Cam's list has it, but a lot of people have been cutting, is the second Luminion. I the second Lumen is so good. Like I, I don't know. I can't get behind cutting it. It's so in critical turns one and two. So if that, so if you prize it, you're in a lot of trouble. Also, frankly, like there were multiple games. I think two games in the Cup Saturday where I played both Luminion 
and it and winning me the game just to find another Irida or a boss. My most the most useless card in that deck for me was Iono. I did not play an Iono once the whole the whole event. I just used Irida for the most part. So that's my most cuttable card right now. Yeah, I agree with that. You didn't play a boss, right? I played one boss. The boss was good. Okay, okay. I agree. I like boss. I think Iono can be gone. <laughs> yeah. Mike Britt, you guys play uh, in, in any tournaments over the weekend? No, I meant to go to one on Sunday, but like someone was supposed to message me back, and they just didn't. And they messaged me at the end of the day. I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I did end up going to that. Like, I needed to borrow cards." Uh, so I was sort of thinking about it at the very least, just still just chewing on a lot of Charizard ideas. But now that I'm seeing like Chin Palace start to play Lost City too, I might pack it up because a lot of the the deck to me that it's viable is that it has a strong Chin Pao matchup, and if you have to start dealing with Lost City there too. It probably goes out the window, but I'd have to play it a bit more. But I'm still on Charizard for the moment. I haven't looked at when I have other stuff coming up, but there's like, from when I looked last weekend, it's just like there's a challenge basically once a week at the very least. So I should just make my way out. I don't think we, it doesn't seem like we're getting very many of the weekday ones though at the moment, mm -hmm. which is a little, which is a bummer. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not technically able to make those because I work late pacific hours but mm. i'm sure i could still sneak off to one here and there but jealous of of those who are fitting them in into their their weekday i would love to do that so i don't have to lose my weekend to a challenge i guess also too final thing is i also saw it was best of three and I, was like, <laughs> I, got, I got a bit i got a better sunday plan than a best of three league challenge best with 30, 30 people Ugh. it should be illegal man i no, i didn't go to anything this past week because I went to Sam Chen's wedding this this weekend. Oh, so we nice. made, a quick trip, made a quick trip to California for, for Sam's wedding. There was, it was Southern California though, like near San Diego. There was a lot of Pokemon people there. Bunch of the old X-Files people. It's like Simon Narod, Paul Johnston, Tyler Nunamora, Matt and Michael Chin. That's mostly who I hung out with. And then there was the whole Bradner, John Ang, Rokul group that was there as well so it was good to hang out with everybody we did talk a little bit of pokemon but not that much so it was a it was a good time yeah you had more you had more important things than pokemon yeah yeah going to still see pokemon, pokemon people <laughs> well yeah still pokemon tangen tan, tangential though i did i want to give a shout out to steve retzloff he was at the wedding and he said he just started listening to the pod yeah <laughs> Yeah, he had, he had sent me a note where he was like, I, I went back and listened to one or two of you guys' episodes, and it seems like it's okay. I think he was like, <laughs> it's like wow. It's a true, we'll true story, it. true story. Uh, I think every time I tell people I do a podcast, they're like, mm. <laughs> which is about right. That's, uh, I'm like, yeah, I feel the same way, frankly. That's, uh, that, 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 that lines up. Liam, you went to a league challenge? Yeah, I did. I actually played two. But I played the same deck. I played a Guardi Water Box with Dialga. The deck was fine. It has issues against Lost Box and Chen Pao because you kind of just pass for like three turns while you set up. And that means Sableye and Canceling Kuo and Greninja just like do terrible things to you. It's kind of nice against Arceus though. Like Dialga is just a really good attacker against Arceus just by nature. I don't know. I'll maybe play around with the deck because it's really fun to play. But it definitely takes bad matchups into Lost and Chen Pao. When you send the list, I was like, five round league challenge over under two times that you attack at all. <laughs> and how many times did you attack? Was it two? You went two and three. three. So, so it's got to be at least two. Three. <laughs> three times. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did. I, I was done on like the first like two turns against Chen Pao and Lost Box. Like, they get like you know four in the lost zone turn one or something and like mm -hmm. i was just like oh i'm gonna get one routes this turn i'm i'm just gonna scoop like <laughs> i there, there's no reason for me to keep playing like like there's there's literally no way to win if you don't get like an insanely explosive start against lost box because like yeah your your curly is all just die or like i think i got like two routes but like it's gonna get sable eyed and then 40 is gonna go on the route and i'm gonna evolve 
benching in other rounds and they're going to take three prizes and I'm going to lose my Curlia and my hand's completely dead. So like, yeah, there's no point in really playing that. I also played against Dean Nezim. I got pretty close because he was playing Chen Pao and Chen Pao, like you're kind of in it, but yeah, like they, they do win pretty quick and like it hits your board pretty hard when they hit the Cologne play. But like you, you can win and like effectively one turn by going Star Chronos Kyogre, which is pretty cool. So like, I was kind of in it the whole time, but I could definitely tell that I wasn't like shredding my deck hard enough with, but because of the canceling colon play. Mm -hmm. I think I actually saw your brother went too, despite saying last week that he would never go to another tournament again. Yes, he did. What did he play? Oh yeah, he was planning on playing Gardevoir, but he walked in and saw United Wings, and he said, "I'm not going to lose to that," and he switched to Lost Box, <laughs> and then yeah, I... and then he played like four mirror matches because apparently everyone said that. <laughs> Yeah, he had a bunch of mirrors. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. And, and and yes, and then did he come home and spend like all day yesterday testing? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, you know what? I think, I don't want to say he's on the grind, but like, uh, he's, I think, and does he like complain about the meta nonstop now? Yes, but like, he's kind of enjoying playing Pokemon, I think. I think. I mean, to be. To be fair, Walker constantly complaining about the meta is a sign that he is engaged and interested. Exactly, in exactly. That's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, like strong feelings are better than uh, no feelings at all, right? Like the worst possible is is to not care. He's getting ready to win the Open. That's, well, you know, I told him, I told him the last time he played in a Open his his brother won the world championship, so like that's a good trend. We want to try and like figure out how to register for that and keep that momentum going. Mm -hmm. So I am running. I'm running a league challenge this week. That is coming up on Wednesday. So that'll be fun. Woo! That's what we like I'll to hear. To scope out the meta at least. Very nice. When, and when when does this league challenge start? Wednesday at six p.m. All right. Well, registration. 6 to 6.30. Starts Everybody 6. that's listening, the thousands of listeners converging on Philadelphia, <laughs> 6.30, Wednesday. Boom. Make it happen. So we'll, I'm we'll curious. person league challenges to shame. <laughs> I'm curious. How is your guys' testing been going for Worlds? For me, I'm in a very, I'm in a surprisingly similar place as I was going into NAIC right now. My top two decks are Baxcalibur and Arctina. And I'm curious how you all have been feeling. So we talked about it a little bit on the podcast last week about like, just like what do what do I think the day one meta is going to be? And I think it's going to be different than NAIC. I don't know how different. It has potential to be quite different. Like Arceus, I think, is a really good play for day one. And I think that affects what, what you might want to play and what to expect to play against and whatnot. I don't know. I guess if Worlds was tomorrow, I'd probably play Pao, Baxcalibur, but I don't feel like super strong about it. I know for sure I'm not playing Arctina. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to play an Arceus deck, I would probably start with Katron's deck. I like Arcumbreon a lot. I don't really like Duraludon, but I like Arcumbreon. So I'd probably start with something like that. But yeah, Pao is kind of like my backup i think if i can't find anything i've really been trying lots and lots of random stuff so nothing nothing that's been good and not worth mentioning at all because none of it has worked out but i've really been just trying random janky stuff to see if anything has potential like i messaged liam the other day and i was like what are all the luminous energy attackers in the format <laughs> like that can attack for one luminous energy just because I was trying to think about random stuff. Yeah, I, I've probably built like 10 lists in the last like 72 hours for different archetypes. My testing's kind of all over the place. I do think if I if I was going to play Arceus, it'd be Arceus. I think you, you cannot go into day one of Worlds losing to Arceus. Day one is literally just filled with Arceus players who like top 256 regionals every single time playing Arceus and just sending it. So yeah. Don't lose to Arceus. It's also like really hype right now, and I think for good reason too. Like, Judge Path is just something that like it, it just beats people. It's really well positioned as well. Like, I think across the general meta, it has really really high win rates. It's also pretty hard to beat just playing like weird stuff. Like you have to commit a lot of space to it, and I think that's more okay now because 
of how dominant RCS is, but you have to commit a lot of space if you're going to beat RCS. There's no like one card text, especially because Spiritomb deals with Galarian Zapdos now. So like that that option being removed means that like fighting attackers are pretty hard to come by. A lot of decks have energy acceleration right now. Oh well, when I say that, I just mean Lost Box, but. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to splash fighting attackers. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if you guys. I can't remember who was on. Who was on the call last week? I've like totally lost track now. It was just me, Britain. It was just us three. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was the OGs. It was the OGs. Yeah. So, so Caden and Liam. The the thing you guys missed in in the I think really good insight that Mike and Britt gave in terms of day one thinking was don't play lost box because ties are losses. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I 100% yeah. agree. I yeah, think that's yeah. true. So people are not going to play Lost Box boxing so... and Guardy. Yeah. I would honestly, honestly, I would feel time-wise, I would feel more confident going in with Turbo Lost Box than I would Guardy. Yes, I agree. I like. I think Turbo Lost Box, like, it's you're 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 able to scoop like way faster because you, I mean you don't have really any comeback options. Like, you're just trying to go really quick, and you don't have like great ways to upgrade. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do like. I, I mentioned on the podcast last week that I was going to test a little bit of Giratina Lost Box. I haven't played as many games as I wanted to yet, but that is kind of the deck that when I have a little bit of time to play some games, I wanted to play it. And I have. I played a bit of. Probably played like ten or so games with Henry Brand's list with the Cross Switchers, and then I played maybe like five or six of a more standard list with, with without Cross Switchers. I'm not sure which one I prefer. There was lots of times where I had one Cross Switcher in my hand, and I'm like, man, I just wish this was a Switch or an Escape Rope. But then there's other games where you play two Cross Switchers and a Colrus in the same turn or something like that, and it, and it feels really good. So I'm not really too sure. I do really, really like the high Jet count. Like four Jet is really, really good. You could probably get away with three, but like I like four. Four has been really nice. So I think I'd probably keep four jet energy. That deck feels pretty good. And for similar reasons that like Turbo Lost is a little bit like I think you could get away with playing Turbo Lost in day one just because it's quick. Like Giratina is also just a game. You have the comeback mechanics with Roxanne Path and Iono Path, but inherently you play two prizes in your deck. So the games go a little bit faster. And so you can you can close it. Like, close out games faster and lose faster. And so I'd be a little bit more comfortable taking Giratina than some of the other things into day one. But it's a deck I still need to play more with, for sure. Yeah, I'd also say Lost Tina is also really good at just, like, beating opponents out of the gates. Like, if you hit turn two Tina or turn two Sableye, like, you can just end the game really, really quick. So it's able to, it's able to speed up games, kind of similarly with Turbo Loss. My opinion on Lost Tina in general, though, is that, like, don't play it if you're not Henry Brand. He's... He's the GOAT. He's the only <laughs> one who can play it. Like, you should be playing Henry Brand 60 because he's the GOAT. But if you're going to play it, but I mean, like, nobody can play it but him. He's, he's the only one who can play it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I Giratina, I mean, it is appealing in that it should have a pretty good Arceus matchup, right? Dude, that matchup is amazing. Yeah. So that's, like, a big reason why I'm giving it some time is because I think its Arceus matchup is pretty good. It's, you know, it's Lost Box, quote-unquote, mirror match is a little unfavored. It's never going to be, like, ridiculously unfavored because it's still kind of a mirror match. So it's slightly unfavored, but whatever. The big matchup that I really need to play more of is the Gardevoir matchup because I really don't know really how that goes. Yeah, like, I, I just want you all to think about this for a second, right? Like, this is the level that Henry Brand plays at. <laughs> he beats Lost Box mirror without Manaphy. He's playing yeah. Lost Tina without Manaphy. He wins the mirror. Like, that, that's his level, bro. He's, he's on another level. Insane. He is very good, for sure. I think for me, the biggest thing that I've been thinking about, sort of what we've been talking about, is like, how can I consistently be Arceus? Preferably not while playing Arceus, I think. <laughs> and And I've got a few ideas bouncing around, but none that are really fully fleshed out and tested. Oh, medical right here. I like it doesn't really matter, but there's going to be somebody who shows up and does well with Zora Box. Like that that deck is just like so well positioned. Like I, I I don't think I know like a single person who hasn't messaged me in the last week. Like, I'm okay losing to Lost Box. I can just Zoro Box everything else. Um <laughs> so you know, there, there's gonna be somebody who shows up with that deck. Is there any world where Chimpao like doesn't play colognes at worlds? Is that like you assume everyone plays two? I mean that's like 
the oh yeah i think you have to assume pullback yeah. yeah i mean i understand i'm just trying to think of any lines where that like doesn't become true because like in a world where that shifts i think ting Lu is very well positioned but there's just no <laughs> world where that happens unfortunately i think but just like in, in a strange scenario where like everyone anticipates chin pao and just like brings a lot of hate i don't know what that hate would be so there might not be a lot of like real options out there but that was just where my head is thinking like that deck is so solid i think other than lose dying to canceling cologne but quietly solid too like i don't think it would be on anyone's radar it has such a good rcs matchup but like it's just so bad against like <laughs> just go watch the jose's went in and on stream like there's like 30 seconds you're just like there's no way he loses this and then and then it's like oh cologne okay there's no yeah. way he wins this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but he, it looks so dominant, but the, he just does nothing while the player has the entire game to find the Cologne turn. <laughs> yeah, that's mean, the only world where a Chen Pao would cut Cologne is if they're like really, really confident that pretty much nobody is running Guardi or Lost Box because of time constraints. But I don't think anyone would do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is crazy like propaganda, bro. Tengu is not real. Like, <laughs> that deck just does not work, bro. Like, Karidon is the worst engine I've ever seen, bro. Like, that, it does not power stuff up. One, like, two-turn investment on an attacker. You have to pass before the attacker is powered up. 150. It does 150. I'm talking about Zorobox. I've, I've thought about Zorobox, like, a pretty I, good Like, you're the original Zorobox guy. But, like... Like even if Lost is not that played, let's say let's say Lost is not played at all, and you're you're fine with that, and like you don't have to worry about that matchup. I still don't think Zorak's matchups are even that great. Like, yeah, you beat Guardi, okay, sure. You struggle against Duraldon, like you have ways to play around it, but they're not great. So you're 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 always gonna be like, man, just got the Claudzire print. You had like it had such a good Mew matchup in a format where like not very many other things had a good Mew matchup, and like yeah. that, that's a that's part of it too. And not only not only decks having good Mew matchups in general, but also Mew just kind of at least as far as I can tell, I just don't think it's going to have much of a presence in day one. Yeah, I think everything is just so well teched to beat it now. Yeah, and like and your Chi and Pao matchup's not going to be great either because you're really susceptible to the Cologne play as well, and even like. Even Guardi can beat you. It's possible for Guardi to beat you in the same way that Guardi would approach the United Wings matchup, which is just like Cresselia, your draw power early on, and then hit you with Iono. Like I still think the Guardi matchup is probably pretty favored, but like it can you can lose for sure. And I think Duraldon and Chien Power are like not great matchups. And this is you know in addition to loss being unwinnable. Wait, can you can you explain how the Dora matchup is bad? Like, do you not on like turn two, turn three, just like Arcanine them? Boom, two prizes. Radicate cards are boom two three prizes. Slow I don't I don't know what any of those cards do. Well, I know <laughs> I, I know Arcanine. Wait, it, but Pete, you're talking about like a a, a zero hands or no version? no. There's an Arcanine right now that two fighting colorless. It does eighty plus eighty if it has a fire attached, so you can reversal, and then it does one sixty times okay. two. Okay, so use Arc. So you go down like a prize or two. Use Arcanine to kill an Arceus, and then you and go Radicate Clawzire, which is like. Radicates the uh, the one that puts them to ten HP. Yeah, or you don't even need the cause out. Radicate them. Boom, ten damage left. You're gonna myena them next turn or whatever. Okay. And then and then you slow, bro. Like, what do they do against that? Yeah, I mean that seems reasonable. Mm -hmm. You're you're. You, I mean, you're still gonna have to deal with like Iono and Judge and stuff, I guess. But yeah, I was gonna say he yeah. he, he just absolutely. No, yeah, I, I agree. He I needed think... for like five straight turns. I think <laughs> the engine's kind of the engine's hard to hard to work with, like. Yeah, well, no. I, I mean, I think I think, I think Vibral is, is actually kind of nice in that, like, because the Vibral is more resilient to Cresselia. You have to play Articuno, of course, because you lose the discard power, which is like a liability. Mm. But I, I like it; it's fun to play with. Yeah, I mean, I think Zora Box. I mean, obviously, besides the Lost Box, its biggest weakness is just its is its consistency. Like, I think it will absent Lost Box. I think it. If you can hit the pieces you need to hit, it'll be pretty much anything. But it's if you can hit those pieces. Uh, all right, so Caden, Liam, you guys might have a perspective. Of this 
if you were like a junior or senior, do you do you outsmart the meta by playing Lost Box because kids play fast, or is it still just a losing proposition? No, 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 no. I am never playing Lost Box as a junior or senior, not in a million worlds. I'm also not playing Guardy. You sent um, me back to juniors right now with Lost Box, XO, hundred percent. I think I think I would. I think that is insane. There's no way I would do that. I think I would be running probably Arceus or Chien Pao. I don't actually think it changes, except so, I yeah, even so you, more you're, strongly you're, you're, feel you're like just not. play the best deck, right? There's there's no Yeah, I think I would I think it'd be similar, except I would lean even heavier to I'm not running Lost Box. Yeah, like or, like I assume that all the juniors and seniors are talking to their coaches and masters and their co- their, their coaches are saying Oh, you don't want to play Lost Box because a tie is a loss. Blah, 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 blah. But like, juniors seem to play fast, yo. Like I've seen juniors play, man. <laughs> like they can throw a whole game in like three minutes. Like this is true, but I feel like <laughs> in in that world, if you're a junior or senior, it's more important to run a deck that's much more streamlined. But like, uh, like, I just wonder if you're the good juniors. What deck seniors, I would play though, if, if that, I was if in juniors? Like, that's that's like the the next level, you know. Yeah, but I feel like what deck I would play if I was in juniors and seniors is very different than what deck I would recommend to juniors or seniors. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you assume assume you're assume you're a top quote top junior or senior, and you're like, like they're all playing decks that lose to Lost Box because they assume no one's playing Lost Box, so like you're just like engineering the meta. Dude, I don't think that's true. I think yeah. like juniors and seniors are going to get like force-fed Arceus because it's like an easy deck to play right and it's like really well positioned that deck doesn't that's, really that's lose fair. The that's fair. Like... yeah oh another note about this cup i mean it was i didn't mention it because it's seniors not masters but remy was there he came out was in town so he came to the cup for those of you who might not know remy was number one he was number one right yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was number one in juniors last year and is now a senior. Um, I think he won EU and OCIC this year. Yeah, he did. And he was running Backscalibur. He was running Backscalibur. He went he went 3-0 and won the cup. So, yeah. He was running it with no Bibberol, 1-1 Arceus. Guys, that's the thing that puts me off about, like, locals coming back now is, I mean, Liam's not driving yet, and... Man, I remember like taking juniors and seniors to cups, and they'd go three zero, and the cup would be over, and I'd be like, "Bye, you masters, suckers! <laughs> I know you guys are gonna be here for like another five hours. Bye, I'll see you later." Yeah, I mean, my dad just left. He left with my brother when, as soon as my brother finished his three rounds, he's like, "I'm not sitting here for you to play out for the next like five hours." One hundred and ten percent. Yeah, it's, and it's blazing hot, and like. Yeah, everything's going wrong at this cup. That like, the the smart move is to leave right away. And and there were definitely cups where I saw that happening. Like you were like, oh yeah, this cup is going off the rails. But you know, we've only finished three rounds. It's not quite off the rails yet. We're gonna leave. We're gonna take this mat and get the heck out of Dodge. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be a rough year. Rough year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think if I was a junior or senior, I'd bring back Scalibur. And I think that's the deck I would recommend. Seems reasonable. One deck none of us have mentioned at all is Lugia. I guess it's just worth mentioning. It's still a deck. I don't know <laughs> how popular it's going to be. I feel like it kind of has unfavorables into a lot of the top decks. Like Lost Box, <laughs> probably, like Turbo Loss is like your best matchup, and we're predicting it not to be that big. And then, like, you're not great into Guardi. You're not great into Arctura. You're okay into Arctina, but you can just get cheesed. And I guess, like, you're fine into... Like, I think you're probably good into backs, but the matchup is close. I, I think you're straight unfavored into Arctina. Like, believing that you're going to make it out of the gates, like, over 60% of the time against, like, turn one spear tomb path is, like... Cheers. You're just lying to yourself. Like you, you're gonna brick so much, and like even if it's not that much, like dude, you, you're gonna hit like three RCS, and, and you're gonna get path spirit tomb turn one every game, and you're like you're gonna put your whole tournament on the fact that you're just gonna draw the nuts 
game after game after game. Like, yeah. that's just crazy. Yeah, no, I, I generally agree. So, like, it, Lugia seems much worse positioned going into Worlds than it does, than it did going into NAIC, like, the more I think about it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I played, I was playing Arctina, of course, at NAIC. I played against three Lugia. I think all in all, the Lugias went one, one for, what would it be? Yeah, one Six. for seven in using Summoning Star. <laughs> um, yeah. Guys, anything else we should talk about? So I want to, I've been doing some, so for those of you that don't know, I like quit teaching after this year and I'm going to be pursuing a career in like data stuff, data analytics, data science. And so I've been doing some personal projects to get my skills working and learning stuff. And so one of the things I've been doing is I've been trying to aggregate and analyze championship point data from this past year. So I'm still doing a lot of the analysis, but here are, let's talk about two, two interesting statistics right, right now. And let's see if you guys can, maybe you guys can guess, make guesses on these things. So the first one is the number of events that people have gone to. So I'll ask you two questions. What do you think is the biggest number of regionals slash special events that any player has gone to and who do you think they are 30 game smart okay 30 special events and there's not 30 special <laughs> events and regionals combined not ic's yeah there wasn't 30 regionals not ic's not oh, really? I'll, I'll, like even counting like literally every single regional that happened anywhere on the globe this year there wasn't 30. i don't believe so but it was, was probably close to 30 but actually i, I could tell you how many there were let me see i think it's my guess is Dude, there's somebody who went to all of them, bro. Like, my guess is it's like seven, six, like fifteen to seventeen, and I don't know who it is. It might be Gabe. It might be Aiden. It might be just someone, someone else who I don't okay. know the name of. Actually, actually, Liam, you're right. There's 35 if you count all the regions, but there was a lot that were on the same weekend, so it's impossible to have gone to all of them. Yeah, all right. I'll say 30 Pokey Duels or Gabe Smart. <laughs> And Kaden, what do you you said like? I think it's more in the like like fifteen to twenty range. Okay. Brent, Britt, you want to get gonna, on this? Uh, are we playing Prices Right style? Can I go twenty one and <laughs> capture like everything twenty one to twenty nine? <laughs> sure. Or is it? Or do I go twenty nine? How does Prices Right work? No, it, it would be twenty one to like twenty five or whatever. Yeah, I like lower. I like in the twenties somewhere. I think. Oh, like, like 2025 20, or so. Okay. Well, Caden wins the numbers. It was 18. 18 is the maximum that any players have gone to, and there are two players. Wait, I, I just, just want to say, when, when Mike says Caden wins the numbers, he's about to say Liam wins the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, Liam, you said Gabe, right? Yeah. So, Gabe is one of the players that went to 18 regional slash SPEs, and there's oh. one other player. I'll give you a hint. He is not from North America. Tord. Not Tord. Tord is up there, though. Oh. Tord, I believe. Actually, Tord is not in the top 20 of attendees. Hmm. Everything. I don't Great. actually you, know who this is. Great, you be. might know. Was it Nitish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nitish from England also hmm. went to 18. And then there, after those two, there was a bunch that went to 16. People like Grant, Zach, Caleb, Azul, etc. And then it kind of goes down from there. So that was an interesting one. And then the other interesting one is I calculated, I still got to like mess around with this metric a little bit to get it exactly where I want. But right now it's just pretty much straight, like a, a ratio of points to number of regionals attended. So basically, like, you know, in some way, that is like you're you're looking at the best player in a in a different way, right? Are you not including ICs? Not this is not ICs. This is just okay. regionals. And so we can we can like filter it as well by like setting a minimum threshold of of events like regionals attended. 
Because if you yeah. just do, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't do one that like like Piper went to two regionals and won them both, and now she's the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah. Ooh, Although that yeah, is yeah, actually she's not. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I assume Mike's got yeah. about people who went to like one regional and top sixty-four and got yeah. like. 100 right. Points. So, like for example, like Hale Obernalti, he went to one regional and won it. <laughs> yeah. So he's <laughs> obviously number one. Well, so the but living, we living proof of my Piper Lapine example. Very impressive, though, Hale. Very impressive. Right. Exactly. But if you filter it, let's say, I don't know, what, what minimum number you want to set? Five? Three. Three? Three. Okay. If I make it three, it doesn't change, basically. The top person does not change if I make it bigger than three or bigger than five or bigger than eight. It's the same person. Reagan? Is this Tord? This is not Reagan, nor is it Tord. Sandy. Huh. No. No, right? What is the goat? <laughs> no, but Henry Brand. <laughs> no, Henry went to. Henry is up there, but he only went to three, I think. Yeah. Oh, actually, okay. He is. Henry is the actually number one if you make it. If you for three regionals played, yes, he is actually the biggest. So, but. Oh. Bigger than he only bigger went to than three, three regionals. Yeah, How can... and they were all the U.S. No, no, he went to one in Australia and then the two in the U.S. Yeah, I, that that's that's what throws me is I, I, I mean, how many how many Australian regionals were there? Uh, Four. Yeah, I think it just went. I think there was just like one, right? It was like Perth or something. No, I, I think there were at least two. Yeah, there were two. Or but they were like all crammed together. Yeah, and Henry casted the ones that are, that he didn't play. Oh, oh I see. yeah, makes sense. Huh? I don't actually know who number one would be. So similar to Piper, similar to Piper. Oh, is it Andrew? Yes, Mr. Hedrick is number okay. one, and actually very close though. Following him is a couple Latin American players, William Azevedo and Pedro Pertusi. Are both very very close. Oh, so so how many regionals did those guys go to? Like I, I assume they didn't travel that hard. Correct. They went. They each went to five, and I think there was exactly five Latin American. Well, I assume they went to some SPEs. So there was. I think there was only like two regionals in Latin America, but yeah, I don't think they traveled outside of Latin America for for their events. Some of the other like some of the other highly placed i don't know who this is mios derleka brent tonneson is pretty far up there owen cameraman cal's pretty far up there um, gibby <laughs> gibby didn't go to that many regionals but he you know he he won one and did well at some other ones so he was pretty high up so yeah so, so, so did anybody guys... did anybody and, and you probably just have to eyeball this to tell me but did anybody like did you have to win a regionals to be like getting a lot of quote points per regional or, or are there any people that like had like an element of consistency? Mm, I don't think Cal Connor won a regional, right? No, I no, he didn't. A lot of cats. Yeah. So he's pretty, he's pretty far up there. Yeah. The, I mean, most of these people did win one. I don't know all of the names. So I, I, I think some of them are from Europe and some, May they may or may not have won one, but yeah, I don't think all of them did. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, all right, that's interesting. Yeah, so if you guys have interesting questions to ask about CP data, I can I can filter it out, I can do it, I can sort it, figure it out. And, and, what, so, and, what, awesome. and what are the tools that you have taught yourself to use in building this uh, crazy machine? I mean, it's all pretty much done in Python using the pandas library. If, I am if gonna listeners have questions digital. about Python, you can also direct those to the podcast reviews. We will answer those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to build out some visuals as well, I think, using Tableau at some point. There we go. All right, guys. It's been like, uh, it's been like an hour, so I think we won, uh, we won the podcast game for this week. Yeah. <laughs> Was there... Uh... Oh, uh, the other thing I want to put out there is if people want to tweet, if you are in Shinjuku, like August 2nd to August 6th, we will be there as well. And, and my impression is... There's yeah, yeah, bro, I bought the Chaos Cube, Chaos Cube, Chaos Cube. Oh, yeah, Liam, Liam wants to not test and cube the entire time. So 
Just like, you know, I think he needs a couple more people to cube with him. So so put yourself out on, on, on the Twitter net and let us know. Because apparently he's going to haul a cube with him to Japan. And that's going to be great. This does remind me, I was thinking, so we'll probably do, we'll do a podcast next week. And then maybe that's it? That Yeah, Until you make a good point, guys. Yeah, prepare yourself for, for like like very, very little information pre-Worlds because we are going to be, and, and frankly, post-Worlds because we will be in Japan yeah. the first two, yeah, we like we leave on Tuesday the 1st? Is Tuesday the 1st or is it Monday the 1st? It is, yeah, Tuesday is the 1st. Yeah, so, I mean, so theoretically, we don't leave until Tuesday morning. Like, there's a possibility that we could record a pod Monday night, but, like, I assume Monday night's going to be crazy times. I assume mommy will yeah, say you guys that gotta, this is not how you guys are going to do it, right? And then and then we fly back on Monday because I've learned my lesson about trying to fly out on the Sunday of Worlds, and I guess I can never do that again. And so so we probably aren't even recording a pod like the day after. So and and Mike will be in Japan doing Japan things for for that that uh, week after. So we will try to. I guess we're going to be off like probably the first three weeks of August. Man. Yeah. That's right. an adventure. That's an adventure. But it's going to be the best kind of adventure because we'll all be in Japan trash lanching together, guys. Britt, what, what's yes. your schedule? Are you like vacationing before or after or both? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about it last week, I thought. I'm yeah, there the, like before mostly. Before mostly. But, yeah, right. and a little after, but mostly before. Good times. All right. All right, guys, we'll be back next week with, I guess, is, will it be the last pod? The, the last pod before Worlds, probably? 